Sangin Podcast would like to appreciate everyone who has listened and watched our episode. On behalf of the podcast, we would like to encourage every one of you to follow and subscribe to us using whichever medium you choose to listen to us. This increases our outreach and makes us bring bigger and better guests for amazing stories. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sanyin Podcast. With me, I have a special guest today, Mr. Pangave Patrick, who is the president of the Ugandan Students Association in China. Um, Mr. Patrick, you're welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, uh, John Paul Rugawa. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, thanks for hosting me. Uh, yes, I, I have... Uh, I'm a, I'm a humble student here. I and I was lucky enough to be chosen by by the community in order to serve them for this short period of there. And I hope to serve to the best and my team as well. We hope to serve to the best of our abilities. Thank you. Okay. Um. I just ask people this question. So it's the first question I ask on the podcast. Um. Uh, how would you introduce yourself, Mr. Patrick? For someone who does not know you. Okay. Uh. First. Uh, I would like I would introduce myself as 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 an a political person. Uh, that means I don't I do not usually I do not affiliate with political um organizations or institutions, but rather uh, an enthusiast who 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 really loves uh, the delicate relationship that politics has with um, economics. Uh, that is that is the small introduction. But generally, like on a physical level i'm just a student i'm studying civil engineering uh in my uh in my undergraduate i'm at jejang university currently and um i'm a graduate uh sorry i'll be soon graduating and i hope to, to represent my country in all aspects uh, that i can uh i grew up uh, from a very humble background and i'm very happy to be here i've been given a chance uh, to, to study in a different country. I hope I can learn as much as possible and transfer as much as I can back to my uh, people and my country. Thank okay, you. Thank you. Uh, I, I introduced you as the president of the Uganda students here in China. Um, congratulations upon your victory. Um, so describe your work as the lead of this community of students far flung from Uganda. What do you do? Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you uh, very much. Um, so far, well, uh, unfortunately, I wish we could, we could be able to do more. I believe there is room for us to do more. But as per now, as per the, 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 the regulations and the restrictions, we are mostly involved with student affairs. Uh, this, uh, stretches, uh, this stretches from uh, the academic activities, also to some co-curricular activities that students might take part in. Also, sometimes we go outside of these uh, boxes as we are human beings and we address some issues that students might face in their day-to-day -day lives. Um, for example, when students are reporting to the country, they may need some assistance, some guidance on how to get to their universities. I've, I've been blessed to have a strong team of, of Ugandans. They have volunteered. They have taken out time from their own uh, private uh, engagements. They've donated this time to USAC. They've donated it to the students to make sure that they get to their schools. So this is one of the things we do. But most importantly, I think the most important thing people should understand is what we do here is we volunteer our time, our resources, our knowledge, uh, and uh, 
gear that time and resources towards the betterment of students and their lives uh, in China. So any student, if you want to improve your life, if you want to establish yourself in any way in China, you just have to reach out and we shall direct our attention to you and make sure you have uh, comfort and you enjoy your study experience in this country. Yes, thank you. And especially people don't realize, but it's very, it's a very different paradigm. If you look at studying back home and studying in China, it's very different. So uh, it's 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 a it's a very huge um, responsibility to ensure that people attain the maximum potential of their studies while here. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, I'm curious to 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 ask. Uh, the Uthak uh, right now has a website. There are activities here and there. Um, are there are there plans for Uthak? To also try to engage with the institutions also back home let's say like the uganda national students association back home or maybe you know the ministry back home to try to make that two-way interaction yes uh thank you very much uh well so far uh the uh we have tried to first of all we are going uh, in a streamlined manner Right now, uh, our main objective has been to uh, mend and streamline our relationship with the embassy. And then outside outside of that, we have also been able to get a few contacts with uh, the Ministry of Internal Affairs. They also have a representative who is based in China. And then through that, we hope to um, extend our influence back uh, home. And as just as you have talked about uh, the institutions back home, uh, we hope uh, we are following that, that strategy. And we hope that after are properly streamlining ourselves with the embassy, properly getting exhausting all that we can do at our doorstep, then for sure we shall be able to go beyond that as we have, as we shall be able to provide even uh, value because our intent this time is not just to reach out, is not just to form noise, but to actually provide value to the uh, to the people whom we reach out. So. It's, I, I do not believe because uh, in, in, in our time of office, we are going just beyond performative, what I like to refer, to refer to as performative politics, where people come up and they just try to um, uh, create a relevance for themselves. We want to provide actual value. And so we are taking a step-by-step -step process, making sure that along each, each and every uh, sector that we reach out to, there's some value that they can provide. And yes, we are looking forward to reaching out to the organizations back home, especially considering the gaps that we have seen that we have uh, observed uh, in the market that we have observed uh, in our experience here we are definitely there's definitely a huge need to contact uh, the uh, organizations back home but most importantly to make sure that we provide them with value because there's a lot of value to be gained between china and uganda and sometimes it saddens me that other institutions haven't yet opened their eyes to this but we hope that it's a step-by-step it's a -step process. Very soon we shall be letting them know, and then we shall be, of course, uh, contacting them with our proposals. Nice, nice, nice. And uh, I'm curious to know, obviously, in every organization, um, there are always challenges. Um, what challenges are currently facing you, sir? And uh, how is your regime trying to solve them? Yes, uh, well, I'm not going to, I will not uh, put uh, any other uh, down, but, uh, uh, upon handover, uh, we, uh, we we identified quite a number of challenges, uh, and I will mention some of them. Some of them are based uh, on economics, uh, financials, 
Um, others are based uh, in other fields like uh, organization. Others are, you know, are, have been in other fields like uh, um, getting through, uh, getting in contact with those above us. But so far we have addressed, I think, what is the biggest challenge. We have shown organization. We now have an audience with, with, with the embassy, 100%. I can guarantee it. We have a direct audience, which has been uh, a long time coming. And so now we are looking on how best can we use this newfound partnership to better the life of our students. This this is uh, this is this is a very key thing. But now back to the challenges. We've had we are having of course a few financial challenges. Uh, we had earlier on submitted a few suggestions on how best we thought they could be solved. But of course we are limited. Uh, we we were relatively we were informed by uh, our, the people at the top that it is impossible for students to partake in certain activities, much as they might be able to gain some uh funds to generate funds and such things for the uh uh for the association but it is well within the chinese rules and regulations that uh students are not allowed to partake in businesses or in any financial uh, undertakings and so that one is, is something that that may might have set us back especially on solving the issues that are financial but we are looking uh for ways on how we can work within our means to make sure that we solve those problems by being more creative about how we solve them. So there are more creative approaches that we shall try to use that are within the law and will solve some of these problems. But as for uh, audience for the embassy, we've gotten that in check. We are now working on the organization. It's a very uh, huge student body, but we are trying our best to get them in order. There have been student pickups. Uh, there's been shipping of student items. And now what we are hoping to do is as a, in our agenda to push USAC beyond just a WeChat group, we are, we are hoping, especially if, uh, with the winter break, we have proper plans whereby we shall see that some activities are done. And also, most importantly, I think, is the gap we have whereby we have a lot of technologies that exist in China that can solve many problems back home, but there is that gap. And I think to me, actually to me, that has been the biggest challenge. This is this challenge goes beyond this challenge goes beyond what we are supposed to do as USAC. but as a human being i look at it as something that is necessary it's it's a very necessary thing for us to do and maybe uh, later maybe if, if we have separate time i would like to go into a few details because i have a few statistics on these things because mm -hmm. there are problems that that china has already solved but these problems still exist back home and the solution to them is very easy and you look at the cost of and when you look at the cost benefit analysis of these things, it is something that is extremely very helpful for us. So we, we keep wondering whether people are just being blind to it or people just choose to ignore these things. But that is something. It is outside of what uh, you know, year after year, there's there are certain expectations from our organization. But, but this is something we as an organization hope to do to, in order to extend uh, the value we add to, 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 to our country, way beyond just a group. We hope to touch the lives of Ugandans. And this will only be thanks to the fact that there are some students who moved from Uganda, came to China, got an education, and even more, and even more. So that is something uh, I want to, uh, we, we hope to do. We have many challenges, but it's something we want to undertake as a challenge and solve it. Yes. Okay, okay, that's nice. Um, obviously, as the head of organization as big as that, um, this is my last question regarding USAC. Um, mm -hmm. 
there are many people who are doing many things. Uh, recently, I've seen that there's been a trend of more of allowing the business personnel to, you know, to kind of use your sack to, you know, promote their business and facilitate their works. And I haven't seen much more being done to this. Uh, we, the content creators, the artists, you know, the scientists. Um, what's your saying that? Some people, some other creatives, some aspects of students feel kind of left out. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's a very strong question, uh, but it's also very interesting. So uh, so this, this, this goes to the order that we are looking at it. So first of all, if we're able to tackle the economic problem that USAC has, where we are, we're having uh, a, a slow flow of funds, first of all, we find by working properly with businesses, okay? We register them, we have them uh, um, um, set up. Now, according to how this goes, this is, I'm not promising anything, but I'm just giving uh, an example, uh, mm. uh, 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 hypothetical. So provided, let's say we have provide, we have found a way that USAC is able to generate on its own, let's say 1,000, 2,000 RMB every month. And then this is free flowing money. And this is money that can be, that exists. Now with that money, that is money that we can now start, especially for students who are involved in sciences, students who are involved in arts, creatives. These people shall directly be uh, in, in tandem with our um, platforms. We have online platforms, social media, and those kind of websites and those kind of things. So we can create incentives. I am a great believer in incentivizing. So why would the creator not post on his own platform? Why would he reach out to USAC? Our following is not yet, it's, it's there, it exists, but it's better for businesses as per now because we have students who pay money for these services. But beyond that, we have a different layer. Now we've got money. Now how do we incentivize the artists? I believe artists would very much appreciate it if let's say every month, USAC selected the most active artist, the most active student, the student who has contributed the most, uh, the student who has contributed the most art to the group, the student who has kept the group alive. So. And then we get a certain amount of money that we got from the businesses. We buy some items and we send to those students almost every month. That is something that would be very beautiful. Why? why? But why is it very important that you reward the artists with some of the money you got the businesses? This is how it works. The artists, the students, the people who post in the group, they attract attention of students. The attention of students attracts the businesses because the businesses need to advertise and they need an audience. So by doing that, you reward the artists, the artists create more attention, the businesses get more customers. And therefore the businesses, more businesses will be created since they have more audience, they'll have more success. So they'll get more money. And then with that money, they'll be able to reward the platform that has provided them with this. And then that money again shall go back to the artists. And it becomes a cyclic, it becomes a cyclic kind of economy. So that is, uh, that is the kind of environment we'd like to create. An environment where every year we have a steady inflow of students. Students are very high quality population. They have uh, the funds, they have the resources that these businesses need. Now, the creators are also people who bring the attention. They keep the group entertaining. Okay. And then that's what makes uh, the businesses want to what? Want to advertise in this group because you have a quality market and it's also very engaged. Okay. So that is something that. Uh, that is very good. So that is that kind of cyclic economy. It is very sustainable. If you think about it, it is very sustainable. The creator benefits, the student benefits because it gets 
information and and very great information from the creators he gets uh, good knowledge from the students the, the the scientists within the group uh the business gets attention then with that attention again uh, uh also the, the creators also get a reward for their hard work so that is that kind of economy that is well it may not be achievable within just a period of one year but we are setting the process we are we get the ball rolling probably a year or two down the road we shall realize it that kind of atmosphere and then with that with that kind of atmosphere of course if students want to have get together as the organization itself is able to fund it without necessarily asking the embassy or someone like that so that is that is the idea we have at play right now that's that's what that's the general picture of what you see uh, at play right now such creating such uh, a self-reliant economy nice nice and uh, if someone is listening to this podcast or is listening to you back home in uganda and wants to access, wants to use the USAC to maybe get scholarship information or scholarship. Is it possible? Because many will listen mm. to this back home. And obviously, that's the first thing that will come in their head. How do I get to China? Uh, very good. Uh, uh, that, that's, a very, that's a very, very good question. Most definitely. Uh, the one question I would also like to ask students before they come is to ask why do i want why do i want to go to china because many people reach here and they become disappointed so for students who are looking to uh study and then after study hope to immigrate uh i would advise them to, to think about their options but for those who want to come and better themselves get skills get these skills and go and apply them elsewhere we really strongly welcome you to china so first of all the important step is think about why. Why do you choose China? What do you expect uh, from China? First, you can also reach out and ask uh, ask us about those questions because we know different people have different goals. You know, different people have different. Some people want to go out and work while they study. Some people want to uh, do different things. So we explain to you the complexities that exist within being a student in China. That is part A. Then we also explain to you the good and the bad. Then part B, the information of how. Uh, students actually, yes, they can reach out to us. We are very willing to provide this information and we're actually looking forward to any students that are wanting to come. Actually, we uh, this information is already widely available, but also, you know, you need someone to guide you to choose the correct universities, to choose the correct provinces, to choose the correct uh, places to go for your kind of interests, okay? Because different people have different interests. Uh, depending on the cities, right? Some people expect to go to a city where there's some kind of business going on because they want a hands-on approach. If, if I want to learn international business, I would like to go to a city where there's a lot of international business going on. So we can direct them accordingly. So if you want to learn about that, this, this is the city, this is the most ideal, this is the best university to go to. Some people want to come and they want to be the best in their major. You can tell them these are the best universities for your major. So that kind of information, these schools provide the best type of scholarships. This is how you apply for scholarships. This is what you need. So all of those things, uh, we are much willing to, to provide that information. And also very soon, uh, uh, these people, they can, they, we shall provide our information, but also they can reach out through our social media and we can be able to help them 100%. Okay. Um, um, the, mm. I wanted uh, first. I wanted, there's there's one there's one slight problem. I wanted for those who who, are, who will be listening. 
wanted just to slightly hint on the opportunities that exist in China that many people have been blind to, but this is something I wanted to hint upon, if, if, mm. it's, if it's fine. Yes, yeah, thank you very much. Mm. Yes. So first of all, there are a few things I wanted to hint, to hint on. Uganda currently faces very many problems that the Chinese have already solved. And, and these problems, uh, I'll give you an example. Currently, last uh, in 2021, the enrollment of China was over 240 million. 240 million students had achieved tertiary education in China. So China has been able to educate 240 million students. That is, that is many times, that is over five times the total population of my country. That is not the number of people. And Uganda currently still has the lowest hours of, 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 of average students uh, before they turn age 18. Uganda, even in sub-Saharan Africa, we rank the lowest when it comes to number of hours spent in school for students when they reach 18. Okay, this is, uh, you can find this information uh, on World Bank, on the World, on the World Bank website. They clearly mention Uganda's um, hours, the, the, the amount of hours that uh, children spend in school. Uganda has the lowest in sub-Saharan Africa. That, that is a huge problem. But now, more uh, one of the interesting fields is how China has achieved a cashless economy. You may not know, but Uganda spends over 160 billion every year on printed money to print money, to ship it, take it to Uganda, and then supply it in the economy. Right? Uganda spends over 160 billion annually to solve this problem, getting money that is going to be running in the economy. Now, if you get only 10% of that, you can be able to only 10% of that money every year, you can be able to implement a cashless economy. Of course, this, come with, this comes with different things, but it's something China is already doing. And right now, if you contact Alibaba, we had gone to their headquarters some time back. They have a plan whereby they're allowing other countries that want a similar system. You can get it, you can change it a little bit, you can adjust it to your economy, and then you, it's plug and play. They provide security, they provide everything at a very low cost. This is about $40,000 $40, just for that. That can probably solve the problem of us having to print money every year, spending hundreds of billions on just that problem. And then you can structure that money into creating a cashless economy. That is problem A. Part two, I will give another example. Uganda has been uh, friends with China, is it for 70 years now? Correct me if I'm wrong. How long has our relationship? It has been 50. 60. 60. 50 years. 60. Yeah. 60 years. Oh, it has been a very long time. But China is responsible for the importation of 60% of the world's soybean. Okay? China imports 60% of the world's soybean. And the main partners from whom it imports are Brazil and the United States. Uganda is much closer to China than any of those countries. It's actually much closer and it has better uh, better incentives. You have less costs. We have, uh, we have better soils. We have better uh, climate, all for growing soybean, right? It can be grown naturally. It can be grown organically. Our fields are some of the best in the world. But in this whole relationship, none of us has ever thought of, wow, maybe I should be the one to start this. Maybe I should ask the Chinese, what qualities do they require? before we can import, okay? And uh, currently uh, in 2020, let, uh, just to get my statistics right, in 2020, I think that amount was over 16 billion. 
Okay, so that's about 16 billion in, uh, yes, yes, yes. In 2020, China bought, uh, in 2020, China bought about 18 billion worth of soybeans, right? From the United States alone. And they've been at trade war, but just 10% of that, okay? Because currently Uganda only exports about $14 million worth of goods to China. Just 10% of that trade is enough to boost us to 1 billion. And that is enough to become the biggest, single biggest trade that Uganda has. And that is that is there. China uh, has been open to for uh, for developing countries to exhibit in China. It is free of charge. There is nothing stopping us. You cannot say it's financial. There, it's free of charge. Uh, they are open to collaboration. There have been a few tensions between these two countries, so they've been looking for other sources. But in all these years, no one no one has thought that Uganda, whose economic backbone is agriculture can take up even just 10% of this trade. I'm not asking for the whole thing. Maybe we don't have the capacity, but just 10%, that is enough to change the entire pers uh, perspective. That is another one. Then uh, number three, China has been able to achieve, uh, they've been able to lift people out of poverty. And they've also, they have the biggest network of people who are fed. They've created the biggest network of food uh, distribution, the most effective that I've seen with my own eyes. Okay, in the United States, they still, their method is not so effective. I've seen that most people, there is a middleman company that buys from the farmers then to the people. But China, if you go to apps like Pindodo, this app came up mainly because people are able to buy directly from farmers. Okay, and that is something that Uganda might can take up. Right, we have we have the opportunity of we have fresh produce that is grown. People, I have a friend from Malawi who was telling me that their environment is so bad, they have to dry bananas and then they eat them dried. For us, we have the luxury of having green, fresh banana throughout the year. But still, the farmers have to sell to a middleman and then this middleman has to sell to the, to the consumer. Why can't we have a system whereby people can buy food directly? People can buy food directly from the, the producer and then they send it to the people. It will make food, first of all, will reduce the price of food and secondly it will also create a sustainable system well it might it might of course destroy the middlemen but the middlemen were not providing a lot of value addition anyway they were just buying and reselling the same product so by having an application that can do that that can solve our hunger issue almost overnight because the food prices will drop and the network will increase of course this does not come without its challenges because for all of these things to be realized uh, the internet infrastructure must be well developed and then uh, last but not least, that uh, the last thing I wish to talk about is um, I hope we can, uh, the, the development of the vocational uh, industries. That is something that China has been well known for, okay? Uh, there is this Chinese gentleman that I know. Uh, he has been at the forefront of industrializing Uganda. We have some of the cheapest labor in the world and also um, probably in the future, I hope we can capitalize on this opportunity and skill our labor. Because it does not matter how many people you have, but what value can they add, okay? Is that value worth anything, right? Uh, when you look up statistics, uh, if provided uh, at the current state of Uganda, people will only be productive at 38% of their full potential compared to other countries. I think America is at about 400%, I've forgotten. But... 38% means these people can achieve more. Even just 100% is enough. 
okay and for a population growing as fast as uganda we have we are at a golden opportunity we are at a golden opportunity right now and this is something i hope people can take up what can you learn from china this is this is the question i want to ask each and every student that is listening to me right now this goes beyond your education yes i know i'm asking for something outside of your education but what can you learn from china what can you transfer back home it doesn't even have to be technology it doesn't even have to be anything it can just even be a news article you can just write an article you can just post something on your social media you can just share something with your family you can just even just the transfer of information along with the people back home it's enough to spark an interest for people to start to understand that our situation might be good but it can be much better and you have seen it firsthand so look at china look at how have they solved their problems and look at uganda how have, how, how what do we need to do to solve our problems even when you compare the the educational approach of chinese and the educational i've read we've been lucky you know we've been lucky we've we've we've, we've had access to chinese literature and and and, and western literature their approach is more step by step. They have a step by step approach. And the Western is more philosophical. They have they they provide uh, they allow for more. Uh, the the, the not, I'm not saying any is better or worse, but I'm just saying if we've had the the luxury to have access to both to both perspectives of the world, can we pick out which one is best for our country and then send that information back home? and allow our people to learn from it. It doesn't even have to be a project. You don't have to set up a project. Just information is enough. Just opening people's eyes. I have been here for, for quite some time. I've never voted. I've never seen anyone vote. But they have prosperity. So maybe it is something beyond just waiting for an election year every year. Maybe it goes beyond that. Maybe it's something in their, in their, in their science. You know, they've had their own issues. They've, they've had a few sanctions here and there, but there's ways how they've, they've navigated them. Can't we get that information? How, how do these people do it? That is the most important question. How do they do it? And how can we apply it back home? I think if people start asking themselves that question more, we can solve many of our issues back home. Cashless economy. Uh, we also have a problem, but this is, this is very political, but we also have a problem of having feel what I call feel good politics this politics achieves nothing but it just feels good it sounds good it sounds good it sounds good that we are building a new airport but when you actually think about it you can't really fully utilize that airport you do not have the output necessary to fully utilize such a big airport less than 10 percent of your population uses air transport so why do you need such a big airport why don't you get that money and spend it in schools where people need actual skills so that at least Uganda's, the amount of hours students spend in school of Uganda matches the average of sub-Saharan Africa, just to meet the average. We are not saying be better, just to meet the average. Okay, something like that. Why don't you, why don't you, we should abandon this feel-good thing. We should accept, be humble for now, work on our fundamentals, learn from other people learn as much as we can instead of just always only asking for money what can you learn from them and that's why i think china is a very big opportunity they've opened their doors for us they've welcomed us into their doors they've taught us they've taught us with their own students they've taught us in their classrooms they've taught us in their universities they've they've given us 
something that is very valuable. As as you know, as you know that there is that quote about uh, if 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 you want if you want uh, trees for the future generation, it is to educate them. Education is the best investment that we can do. I've seen Sierra. I've I've been studying Sierra Leone. They're also having a similar program. They're implementing a program where they they they've made the education compulsory. They've made education accessible. It was started by one gentleman who studied abroad in Harvard. So this is a message that all of our students, even the ones here in China, everywhere, you can be the person that changes everything back home. It took one student in Sierra Leone. He flew out. He went to the United States. He got a proper education. He went to Harvard. He has gone back and he's headlining one of Africa's biggest education projects. So my 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 appeal to my fellow students is to look beyond, is to think outside of the box and look, what are they doing here that is better than us and how can we best implement it? And I think if each and every one of us picks one seed, you come here, you study, you pick one seed, you go home, plant it. Another one, JP picks one seed of, of proper journalism. How do you talk to people? How do you connect ideas? That is a seed you've picked. Go home, plant it. I pick a small seed. How do you serve people? How do you volunteer? How how I how do you remain contented to serve people even with no pay? I pick that seed from China. I go home. I plant it. Another person learns about technology. How do you program? How do they program? How have they created these apps that have helped people? How have they risen people out of poverty? Get that seed. Go home. Plant it. How are these people able to achieve agriculture that they have been able to tame their deserts? Get that seed. Go home. Plant it. And then within no time, we shall have a forest back home. And under that forest, I think the general public of Uganda will be able to enjoy a shed that will last them a lifetime. But it must start with each and every student here planting a seed, planting that one seed. It's one small step, and I hope everyone can do that. Thank you. Nice. That was a powerful message. That was a powerful message. In fact, you've answered most of the questions I had for you next. Um, but then... Uh, uh, on that area of economics and 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 politics and what students should bring, I would say that um, I'll just ask: in your view, what's really stopping Uganda from taking off economically? Economically, hmm. well, that it is a very multifaceted question, and um, for example, uh, we cannot we cannot we cannot attribute uh there are many things okay it goes into government policy but i'm going to i'm going to get to the one that i think where we can apply ourselves right so there's government policy if you have poor government policy there is uh those other things that go into play like uh, after the funds have been got how are they handled uh the education system um, um our export how do we export how do we import all those things uh many many things play a factor into why economies develop or why economies don't develop, the quality of the population, the output. How much do you output? How much do you import? Okay. Even if you output a lot, but you also import much, much more than you output, the economy won't take off. If 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 the leaders are also way very wasteful of the resources that are available, right? Um, if the policy does not favor um the local the local industries which is something i think we need to work on as uganda but also most important the thing that people actually look under look the most is political stability it's one of the most important things and that's why i was wondering why Ugandans haven't thought more about this because we've enjoyed stability for one of the longest 
especially considering where we are located. Very few of our neighbors have had the luxury to enjoy such a long political stability. Um, uh, also, we have um, other things that go into play, like uh, the technologies uh, that are available to us. But I think the most important thing is, and the thing that should be asking our people the most is, what can we change? What can we change? So for example, I, I, I'm not going to worry about, um, let's say, I'm not going to worry about uh, things that I cannot control, right? I can only worry about the things that I can control, all right? All right. And uh, now, now that we've, we've gone on that, I think the thing that holds back uh, Ugandans the most, I think, is not focusing on this issue, is we often sweep issues of the economy under the rug, and we often hope that foreign investors or people from abroad or people elsewhere will come and help us. We often hope that someone else will have our interest at heart. And that is unrealistic. That is something I've seen, not only Uganda, but very common among most African countries is they hope that another country, these countries should help us. You know, these countries should help us or this person should help us and set this up. Mm, but I would like, uh, that is something that I would like for people to change. But how shall, how will it change? How will it change? That's a very good question because even me when I was back home in my, my country, before I had gotten this exposure, I used to think that in order for Uganda to develop, we needed a huge loan. We needed a huge, we needed aid from a different country to help us develop. We needed help in, in sorts for us to develop. So how do we get the mindset that we have get that we have gotten now that we have been exposed more how do we get that mindset and how do we take it back home how do you spread this mindset to the people right that that that, that is the biggest question how do you change their outlook on these things and then from there then they start to know that, that okay in order for us to develop we should do a b c and d but i think the most the most important thing is adding value to our population that is that is the most important thing. Chinese, they they created very skilled labor force at a very low price. That's what caused the economic boom. The same thing the Indians have done. The same thing, uh, the same thing most countries with big populations, that's how they've gotten out. Okay. The other countries that are mineral rich, Nigeria is very rich in resources. Uh, they have a lot of oil. Uh, Saudi is very rich in resources. Okay. All these countries have that strength and then they capitalize on it. So Uganda must look for what is our strength? What is our strength as Uganda? What can we capitalize on? Uh, right now, we our, our backbone is agriculture. Can we focus on agriculture in order to make sure that the, that is what is going to get us out? What, what value can we add to the world? And then can we become competitive on, on, on an international scale? I'll give you an example. I, we have tried exporting uh, dried fruit from Uganda, but we were shocked to find out that dried fruit in our country is much more expensive than that in Thailand. Okay? Like twice, two times more expensive. So even if I love my country so much, how will I create business whereby I'm buying more expensive fruit instead of getting the cheap one that is here in Thailand? So how do we become more competitive? That is something I think also the government should consider. How do you incentivize local businesses, not just foreign? They've done a good job in, on incentivizing foreign-owned, but how do you incentivize local businesses? Because this is something China is very good at. If you look at the EV market, 
China is heavily incentivized in the EV market. They are going to become very competitive. And within a few years, China might stop the EV market if they haven't already done it because of these incentives. How did they become the best? Uh, well, it came through a process, you know? They, 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 they told Tesla, come over here. They provided them with incentives. They encouraged local companies to learn from Tesla. And Tesla always open source its technologies. So they learned from them. They've started creating their own EVs. They've become competitive there. The government has incentivized it. They've reduced, they've provided money to reduce the cost of these things. I remember before I left my country, there was an idea of Kera EV. This was supposed to be electric cars sometime back. But up to now, I don't think that project has fully been implemented. So it has taken quite a lot of time. So Uganda is developing, but at what rate? That is the question. At what rate? And for me, I think there are very many, I can't answer this. There is no one definitive answer, but I think the most important thing people should focus on is what, what addition can they do in order for Uganda to take off? But yes, I think I've, I've mentioned a, a barrage of things, but I think in those, I think you can pick out like, we have very many challenges, it's a very complicated system, but many countries have done it. And I think the solution lies in how can we model ourselves uh, like those countries? And also, I think also the last one, yes, the last one that I want to mention is our political atmosphere. Uganda and many African countries are in, have political systems that are blame-ridden. So they are mostly criticism, right? Or they, they want to make mistakes first and then create and then um, um, solve them later. None of them is based on the system whereby you solve problems. Okay, a political leader will tell you the hospitals are bad. None of them have actual solutions on how they're going to solve these things. How are they going to put more food on people's table? How are they going to solve the problems that affect people? That is, uh, that's why I, I, dist I, I had earlier on as I talked, I distanced myself from politics because I feel that it's, it's more of a source of employment than it is of service delivery. So we need to focus, how are we going to change that? from having politics that is based on blame games, creating popularity, creating relevance, to actually creating solutions, okay? Because I've seen democracy, I've seen its advantages, and I've also seen a system where people don't necessarily vote, but they're also developing. So it means the solution lies in between there, and it's our task to find that solution. So yes, the, I have no definitive answer, but yes, it's, it's a very complicated question. Nice, nice. Uh, my last question to you would be, um, Uganda celebrated 61 years of independence last week, um, and majority of Uganda's population is the youth. What would be your message to the youth of Uganda? My message to the youth is, is for them to keep, um, to, not, to never lose hope and for them to always add value to themselves. Of course, this, the environment in which they're in, you know, environment dictates a lot, a lot on how people come out. The environment you grow up, we may never realize it, but many people have been privileged to have good environments that have allowed them to pursue their dreams, that have allowed them to pursue their careers. But even for those who don't have a lot at their disposal, I encourage them to never give up because that is the single thing that will make sure that you, you have not lost hope. Never give up. And number two, people should start focusing on solutions. 
Blaming is something everyone can do. Everyone can blame. Everyone can blame. Tomorrow I can wake up and blame you. Uh, the other day you can wake up and blame someone. But the most important thing is finding solutions. That is something only few people can do. It is, it's actually much more difficult. It is actually very boring. And it's, it, it requires you to be much more daring. But the thing people should focus on is finding solutions. Blaming is easy. Fighting is easy. But solutions, that's, what, that's where the bravery is. Can you solve the problems that are facing your people? Can you take off? Can you take off the time to study the problem closely enough to identify the solution that everyone is missing? And that is the biggest question I think the youth have to answer. Can we band together? Can we solve some of the problems that that face us? Right, Rwanda is one of the cleanest places in the world, but they achieved that feat not because not because uh, they complain. But because every Saturday, well, it's also partly government policy, but they go out and clean their streets. If you hear the story of Botswana, where they have managed to achieve free education for all, the first university that they achieved was not by political wrangles. It was not by fighting. It was because the population bound together, they banded together, and they decided we are going to build a university. I've, I've forgotten exactly. Is it everyone donated one cow? It was, it was a head of cattle. It was something like that. And then they banded, they, banded, they banded their resources together and they were able to construct the first nationally built university in that country. Until this day, they have free education. You rarely meet Botswana people living in their country because they are very satisfied with what they have. They have one of the best economies in Africa. So some, some solutions lie not within the people with whom we entrust the powers up above, but also within ourselves. And to give you the last example with USAC, this year we have received more than 20 students. It's a huge feat considering we, 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 we were not funded by anyone. But students themselves, even some whom I didn't personally reach out to, they got out of their way. They contacted students back home. They told them, do you need any help? And then they reached out to the airports. They got in contact with those students and made sure those students safely reached their universities. That is something that I cannot thank, I cannot pat myself on the back and congratulate myself for. No, that is a joint effort of people. So that is my message to the youth. Sometimes we face a lot of challenges. Yes, I agree. But what are the solutions? Even at a small scale, can you go out and solve something small today? Can you go and solve something small today? And then how can you improve yourself daily? And then most importantly is to never give up because there is always light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, I think that that would be my advice. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Patrick, for coming. It has been insightful, especially on the economical part. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really, I really appreciate your consistency. It's something I really admire. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me.